Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 7 of Season 4 of Move Your Own Minute, the daily podcast where we take a hilarious and poignant journey through the 1989 Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan rom-com, When Harry Met Sally, One Minute at a Time. I'm Rob, and joining me again today is Nick Rehack of French Toast Sunday. Welcome back to the show, Nick. Thank you once again for having me, Rob. Well, you know, it's it's just like a fleeting thought that jumps in and out of the transient of your mind. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Why not? So yesterday we 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 had a, a very uh, uh, animated conversation <laughs> of Ferris Bueller's Day and of of, of when Harry met Sally and a whole bunch of other things. So anyone who missed that episode, go back and 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 listen to that. Uh, Nick and I had a lot of fun talking yesterday. So yeah, yeah. hopefully today will be just as fun. Uh, but yesterday, we, we basically, we, we decided to have a conversation yesterday based on the fact that Harry and Sally are just talking all, all throughout the minute also. You know, and, and today we get some, some more talking between the two of them. You know, this, this is a very dialogue-heavy movie. No question about that. But it's great dialogue, and that's why it's so much fun to, to talk about it. So episode seven begins with uh, Harry finishing his thoughts and spitting another grape. And ends with Harry trying to defend his argument. So yesterday we ended things. We were cut off by uh, Harry saying that, my friend. And we continue with him by saying is a dark side. Um, so again, I'm going to do what I did yesterday. I'm just going to read through the, the dialogue and then we'll, we'll go into it. it. makes it easier than, than, you know, splitting it all up along the way. For sure. Um, and then Sally responds to him and says, that doesn't mean you're deep or anything. I mean, yes, basically, I'm a happy person. And Harry responds, so am I. And I don't see that there's anything wrong with that. Of course not. You're too busy being happy. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever think about death? Yes, sure you do. A fleeting thought that jumps in and out of the transient of your mind. I spend hours. I spend days. And you think this makes you a better person? Look. When the comes down, I'm going to be prepared, and you're not. That's all I'm saying. And in the meantime, you're going to ruin your whole life waiting for it. So, again, this is a great conversation that continues the conversation from yesterday. There's more dialogue, but that's like a whole different scene, so we'll, we'll get to that a little later. First, we'll talk about uh, this one. So, you know, as Harry is talking, he's, again, spitting. You know, he's continuing to spit. I, you don't really see him put grapes in his mouth, but he keeps fitting pits. You know, That's true. He must, he must have, you know, grapes with multiple pits in them. Residuals. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Anything's possible. That's true. That is true. And, you know, the, the, the conversation is, is, it's quite fascinating to listen to because, you know, we, we established yesterday that we're talking about a person who is, uh, very dark and obviously disturbed and <laughs> someone who has a very optimistic look on everything in life. And, and to see the contrast between the two of them as they're talking, is just great. And this, this minute continues with that. You know, she, she gives a great retort to the fact when he says that that's a dark side and, you know, then she says, well, that doesn't make you deep. Just because someone has a dark side doesn't necessarily mean that they're deep. Yeah, and I agree with that. I mean, I and and part of me is like, why did she bring it up that way? They're just talking about being dark. I mean, I don't even think he broached the topic of saying that you know he was deeper or had a wiser outlook on life or anything. So that that line kind of threw me, and it kept yeah. me thinking. 
like why why would she bring that that up? Because I don't think the two are mutually exclusive. You know, like I okay. I think you can still be deep and have a profound outlook on life, but still be over not overwhelmingly, but like super positive and super happy. I mean, look at like the Dalai Lama, right? Happy, smiling, and he's always has something profound to say. Like I feel like that, you know, something like that. Right. No, for sure. It's just, and, but, but they also, they try to make a connection between, you know, uh, happy or, or dark. I mean, but dark side doesn't mean that someone is sad. Right. You know, so it's, it's a very strange way to, to contrast those two things, you know, cause he says, well, you're too busy being happy. So, I mean, if you're too busy being happy, then that means you're not going to have a dark side. That means you're not going to be looking at the dark side of things. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't really, I don't really track that well. I mean, yeah, you can be happy and weirdly think about death, but yeah, it doesn't mean you're happy about the death. You could just be in a positive mindset while looking at or having a discussion about, you know? Right, exactly. You know, and uh, you know, then the, the the you know the the conversation goes around the whole idea of whether someone's more or less an optimist or a pessimist. Right, right. You know about the whole thing. Then then he talks about the fact that you know that he's going to be more prepared for death. You know, is, is there a way to prepare for death? Like, no, not at all. <laughs> well, I mean, you know. technically, the only way you can be prepared for it is if you have a will. You know, I mean, if you have some things in your life that you want to make sure are taken care of or family that you want to make sure is taken care of. But that's the only thing you can really do to prepare. But it's know? not to prepare yourself. That's to prepare for right. what people need to do after you're not here. Exactly. You know, exactly. That type of thing. But, you're not preparing but, yourself. Yeah, no. So I mean, you know, I, I've I've never understood that that line here where he goes that he's gonna you know when when he says when the <laughs> comes down I'm gonna be more prepared and and you're not <laughs> and you know what it comes down to is nobody's prepared no you know it, it could happen at any moment at of uh, right. anything could happen just anything I mean I can understand if it's an illness and you're given a certain amount of time and you make peace with you know some regrets that you have and and other relationships sure that I can see in a way is a preparation of death, but it's still like, it's still not at the same time. You know what I mean? It's more of like a conscious yeah. and you're, you're just feeling better and you're not leaving any, you know, any, anything left. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the phrase I'm looking for is, but you know what I'm getting at? Like, yeah, yeah I, I, I know what you're getting at, but it, but it comes down to the fact that, that he has no idea what he's saying. Yeah, you know? no, pretty much. <laughs> but I think that's also part of his personality that he is, he's somewhat pompous in, in, you know, trying to show everyone that he knows everything, you know, that, that he oh, knows yeah. the best, the best way to do things. And, you know, if you don't do them, that's your problem. But I, you know, for me, this is the best way to do it. And I'm going to be prepared. You know, I, I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't really make sense. But then she brings up a good point because she basically says, well, in the meantime, you're going to ruin your whole life while you're waiting for death to come. That, that hit really hard when she said that, that was the moment where I was like, Oh, Wow, like that's deep. That's yes. deep and that's profound. Correct. So it's that it's that perfect thing that this script does throughout the film where they introduce this idea and then they look at it from both sides and then they execute on that idea to kind of prove both points at the same time. Yeah. And then like then they go on to the next thing. And I I I've, I it's it's a really 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 well done script. Really well done. Yeah, there's no question about that. You know, Nora Ephron. This is this is Nora Ephron's best best writing. No question about that. For sure, for sure. You know, she 
she in her other scripts she also has great dialogue but i think this also has to do with the with the great chemistry between billy crystal and meg ryan you know i mean even if we talk about sleepless okay so so meg ryan and tom hanks also have great chemistry but it's not the same type of chemistry that that billy crystal has with her i i would agree it it is a different it is a different chemistry yes yeah i mean I, it's i'm not saying that 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 people don't find you know them them believable not in you know in sleepless and in you've got mail those are both believable that tom hanks and and meg ryan you know could be a couple together mm-hmm. you know so it's it's not it's not one or the other you know but but it you know if i were to have to choose between which of them has uh i guess better chemistry it's still going to be the two of them here you know as much as i love those other two movies well, I so. think, yeah, no, I would agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. And um, at this point, you know, the, the conversation is pretty much over. And then he spits out another grape. <laughs> but but what's really funny is, is you see him chewing that grape for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it doesn't like <laughs> juice up or salivate. And you know what I mean? Like, wouldn't you expect yeah. to, but nope, not him. And and it makes me wonder, you know, if, if he's improving here. I don't I don't see why it wouldn't because he's definitely of that ilk like he can improvise and make it look like it's a naturally occurring thing like it's improvising without saying it's improvising. Yeah. It's true. And then we we get an external shot of the car driving it's uh, I guess dusk. So again we don't know what time they left Chicago. Mm-hmm. So we we can't you can't really tell where they are. No. But the one thing that you can tell is the fact that they've now switched drivers. Mhm. So depending on whether they switch drivers, you know, every three hours or every four hours, or every six hours, you know, it that's the only type of indication we can really get as to, you know, how much time has passed. Right, right. You know, if they're three hour shifts, then this is probably six hours later. Or it could be twelve hours later. You know, from that perspective. Because in 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 the universe of this movie, it takes eighteen hours to get from Chicago to New York. In our universe, it takes about twelve and a half or thirteen hours. Mm. Yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> and and then the, the car drives past this like refinery or something like that, and you see a big sign that says GenStar, and it says GenStar Building Products Company. And yeah. I I spent way too much time trying to find <laughs> what this company was. <laughs> way too much time, and it was not easy. And I actually ended up finding. Uh, the the logo, and I was able to get minimal information about it. That it's a Canadian company okay. that uh, that is from uh, oh where, where is it? it's it's known as uh, Flintcoat, K O T E. Don't know, but it it's a company basically that that uh, that sells a whole bunch of different uh, you know pro- uh, it sells like cement and things like that. You know the products to to you know for building yeah uh, for building houses and, and stuff like yeah. that yeah things like that but but i was like so stoked when i saw it. i was like oh something to look up here and, <laughs> and i i literally spent probably about 45 minutes trying to find it and i kept finding like little bits and pieces but nothing i wasn't able to put the puzzle really together on that one so flint coat though yes the only thing i would think of is flint michigan but that's what I would think too. But it's a, it was originally a Canadian company, so you know I don't which, know how that really 
I mean, they're in together. Kind of close. So they would have to be along one of the lakes then. So they must be in like a maybe a Toledo or like a Cleveland at this point in the day because I saw all the refinery stuff. I'm like, where are they? Like, because I assume they're going to stick close to the top, like along the lakes, and then you cut through, you know, Pennsylvania to get to New York. But right, well, that's the way. That's the way you would drive. I mean, when we would drive from New York to to Detroit, we would, you know, we would we would, uh, you know, go New York, cut through the the, the tip of of New Jersey, and then uh, you know, straight down Pens- uh, Pennsylvania mm-hmm. through through Ohio, you know, right up to Michigan. But if you were to continue, uh, I think I think it's called I eighty or I ninety. I don't even remember. 80. It's been many years. Or a little bit of both. There's 80 and there's 90. All right. Okay. So if you continue along that, so that takes you through Indiana and then into Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, they're taking the Sunic route because it takes them 18 hours. So That's true. You know, I don't, I don't know. You know, it's, maybe it's similar to what what I did. You know, when I came to visit you, you know, I took the scenic route because I didn't want to have to pay tolls. That's uh, I don't blame you. Know. <laughs> <laughs> so Sally wanted to save money in 1977 on the non-toll roads. Yeah. Who knows? And Harry doesn't care. You know, he's getting he's getting a free ride where he's just to pay for gas. You know, he's chipping for gas. That's probably if all that. he needs to do. If that, if that exactly, because we we never see him pay. So who knows? That's true. <laughs> and and then then we we, we get our first uh, Casablanca. Uh, conversation of the movie and there will be numerous ones along the way and i mean i first of all as as a movie lover i think it's great that you know the two of them are sitting and talking about casablanca mm-hmm. even though it's only 35 years after casablanca came out yeah you know when when this when this is supposedly taking place you know in 1977 mm-hmm. but you know these are people who've seen the movie quite often okay now what what do you know about the movie casablanca for you are you I'm assuming you've seen it, or I can maybe I can incorrectly assume that maybe you, I don't know because you hadn't seen When Harry Met Sally yet. So that's true. Um, I <laughs> absolutely love Casablanca, and I think Casablanca is a perfect film. There is nothing wrong with any single second, any single anything. There is nothing wrong with Casablanca. It is truly a perfect film. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. So Casablanca is a movie from 1942. It's a romantic drama. Uh, directed by uh, Michael Curtis, starring Humphrey Bogart, Ingrid Bergman, Bergman, and Paul Heinrich. Uh It's set during uh, World War II, and it was actually filmed at during World War II also, which I always find fascinating. The fact that you know, as things are still going on in Europe and things are are getting worse and worse, that people don't realize they're getting worse and worse, but they're they're getting worse and worse. And you know, they're they're making this movie about the war, uh, so it was very timely. For it for the time, it went on to win uh, Best Picture at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Uh, Curtis won Best Director. Uh, it got Best uh, Adapted Screenplay. Also, it was one of the things. It is uh, ranked on many many lists as one of the greatest films in history. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Uh, it was in 1989 one of the first movies chosen by the Library of Congress to preserve in the National Film Registry. Rightfully so. Yes. Yes. So we'll, we'll, we'll go through their, their, their conversation here, the, the, or at least what we get in this particular uh, minute. Uh, so then uh, Harry goes, you're wrong. Uh, Sally goes, you're wrong. And Harry goes, Harry goes, yeah, uh, I'm not wrong. You're wrong. He wants her to leave. That's why he puts her on the plane. I don't think she wants to stay. Of course she wants to stay. Wouldn't you rather be with Humphrey Bogart than the other guy? 
I don't want to spend the rest of my life in Casablanca married to a man who runs a bar. That probably sounds very snobbish to you, but I don't. You'd rather be in a passionless marriage and be the first lady of Czechoslovakia than live with a man you've had the greatest, and then things get cut off. So we we, we don't know what the greatest is, but the, they've they've had the greatest something. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the greatest love of all. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> You know, it, it's a great conversation. It's something that that in order to fully appreciate it, you have had to have seen Casablanca. Yes. You know, I, I wonder what people who haven't seen Casablanca think when they hear this conversation between them. You know, they, it's, it's it's rare that in movies they do this, do something like this, where, where, where they'll have characters having a conversation where you need to know what they're talking about to understand the conversation. You know, in general, the you know when you when you're writing a movie and you're writing a script or something like that, you want the audience to always understand what's going on without having done any previous uh, research. You know that type of thing. Typically, and in, yeah. And and in this case, it's not. But again, it goes with the the whole conversation. Um, and yeah. I, I I like the way they did it. Yeah, very much so. I like how they and it just kind of gets introduced out of nowhere too. It's not like a yeah. Hey, it's no. Here's here's a passage of time, and now let's bring you back in on this other conversation we're having because, like you said, it does kind of pop up every so often throughout the film, which I think is nice. It it shows up again and again. It's not one of those like they talked about it and then it's over with, like a bit or a moment where people can point to it and go, oh yeah, like the Casablanca scene and that, and then you can cut to it or you can snip it right from out and then play it standalone. Like no, it's kind of interweaved within the film whether we realize it or not. Well, that's also because it's connected to the the story of Harry and Sally. You know, about, you know, here you have this question, okay, you know, who should the woman be with? Mm-hmm. You know, is she looking for, um, you know, for, for status or is she looking for something more meaningful? You know, that type of thing. Um, mm. And that's sort of what the, the two of them are struggling through this whole this whole movie. Are they looking for someone to be their best friend or are they looking for someone to spend the rest of their life with? Why not both? Uh, because most people think that that can't happen, you know, and, you know, you don't, you don't want to ruin that. But we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves because the, yeah. <laughs> the rest of this week, the rest of this week, we'll get a little bit into that. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about how, how that works here. Um, so they mentioned Humphrey Bogart. Do you, do you know Humphrey Bogart's uh, full name? Oh, I used to. Oh. oh. I'll give you a hint. Star Trek? Does that help? Oh, gosh. Are you going to have to tell me? And I'm going to have to pinch myself afterward. Okay. His 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 uh, birth name is Humphrey DeForest Bogart. Yep. Like DeForest Kelly, you know. Yep. Uh, he, he was born on December 25th, 1899. And State. passed away on January fourteenth, nineteen fifty-seven. Uh, he was nicknamed Bogey, mm-hmm. and he is uh, considered one of the greatest male uh, movie stars of classic American cinema. He has been in many uh, very popular films, including Casablanca. Obviously, he was in the Maltese Falcon. Uh, he was in High Sierra. He played uh, Philip Marlowe in The Big Sleep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He 
uh, ended up winning an act uh, an Oscar for his his work in uh, uh, the African Queen, but he was also in uh, the Treasure of the Sierra Madre, which is a personal favorite of mine. Uh, the King Mutiny, uh, in a Lonely Place, Key Largo, Dark Passage. He, he's been in a lot of uh, very uh, interesting uh, films. I, I didn't like him so much in Sabrina. I think he wasn't that good in it. I, I didn't see Sabrina, so I'm going to take your word for it. <laughs> you, you can see it. You can go and watch it. Uh, it, it will not be Sabrina. Neither neither version of Sabrina is currently on my list to 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 do minute by minute. So. Oh, you sure? <laughs> yeah, I'm more than sure. I'm a, I don't hate them. I don't hate the movies, but they're just not up there. You know. Yeah, it's not for you. <laughs> yeah, it's not. That question is not for me. It's just not something that I want to break down minute by minute. You know. <laughs> But, but that's it. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, this, this is again the, the the conversation between Harry and Sally uh, just abruptly ends as they basically are parking in a uh, you know outside of a diner, and we we see that there's a sign uh, at the diner that that uh, in the background that says it's they're near the Evergreen Motel. You know, we can't we can't really see the name of the diner. It just says cafe. Mm. That that's it. You know, you have the Evergreen Motel and a cafe. And you know, first of all, I, I we talked a little bit yesterday about the geography of the of the movie. Mm-hmm. And what's great is apparently this scene and the the place of where this diner uh, is located. If you look in the background, there's there's a bridge. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, as they're pulling into the into the parking lot, that is the Vincent Thomas Bridge, which is a suspension bridge in L.A. So okay. maybe that's why maybe that's why it's taking them so long to get to New York because they're in L.A. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It is a, a bridge that that links St. Pedro and Terminal Island. Hmm. Okay, it is the only suspension bridge in the uh, greater Los Angeles area. It opened in 1963, and it was named for the, there was a California assemblyman, Vincent Thomas. Okay. uh, Who championed its construction and and got it uh, uh, named after him. It is the first welded suspension bridge in the U.S., and it is the fourth longest suspension bridge in California, and the 76th longest uh, bridge in the world what yes there's a lot of bridges out there apparently and it is the only suspension bridge in the world that is supported entirely on piles really yes okay now unfortunately we're we're gonna go a little dark here like we did yesterday i get i guess it's the harry burns in me that that keeps uh, so apparently um the la police say that that every few months there are there's at least one suicide attempt uh made from this bridge and there are actually two uh well-known people who actually committed suicide from from that bridge. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Is, um... One second, one second, one second. I'll say the first one because the first one for sure is not the one you were gonna you were thinking of. Okay. Okay. On on October 26, nineteen ninety, a uh, Olympic uh, bronze medalist, uh, a diving medalist named Larry Anders, uh, Anderson, 
he was killed when he uh oh actually he was he wasn't trying to commit suicide he was trying to set a diving record and and ended up uh uh killing himself by doing that so the person who died who do you think it is i uh tony scott that is correct Unfortunately, unfortunately, very unfortunately. Yeah. And also, I, I said we're getting a little darker here, but whatever. On, I'm, on, I'm on also all... regretting going, ooh, <laughs> I, I know, <laughs> being overly excited to answer. <laughs> I feel a little gross inside. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but, so uh, on, on August 19th, 2012, again, oh, it's been over a decade. Wow. What? That's amazing. Seriously. Um, Tony Scott uh, committed suicide from jumping off that bridge, and that was that was after he found out that he had uh, terminal cancer, if I remember correctly. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that that condones anything, but that's just no, the, no, of uh, course, yeah, 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 it's just part of the story, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> now, there's a funny sign that that you can see as they're pulling into it, which says "No unauthorized parking" sign. You know, no no unauthorized parking. So now. <laughs> You're in a, you're coming to a cafe. <laughs> Why would yeah, you have a sign that says like <laughs> I'm sorry, you're unauthorized to come and eat in this cafe. Yeah, you can I don't know. what? Why not? Exactly. But we can see as the car pulls in that Harry is the one driving. So as I said, we, we now know that either six or twelve hours have have passed since uh things uh you know since since they, they left Chicago going in the wrong direction because now they're in LA. Uh, <laughs> so, so Nick, you have anything else you want to say about this minute before we get into the script? The only thing that kind of throws me off a little bit is as they're pulling in, in the passenger seat, she, her body is shifted to where she's just facing that window. But I guess, well, I mean, I guess we'll find out why in the next minute. So we'll cover it then. I'll, I'll yeah. table it. Yeah, we'll talk about that tomorrow. No, she's like leaning forward. And it looks like she's leaning forward. It's it's just it's weird. The placement yeah, of her whole body weird. is weird. That's correct. But 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 we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> so again, the the script just has a few minor uh, changes here. First of all, when Harry says the the idea of a fleeting thought that jumps in and out of your transient of, of the transient of your mind. So in the script, he says in and out of the transom of your mind. I don't even know what either of those words mean. <laughs> it doesn't it sounds like he's just making up words that's what i would think and then when they have their conversation about death and then sally goes in the meantime you're going to ruin your whole life waiting for it you know and and that's you know how things end in the movie but in the script it continues and then she says what are you going to do in new york and then harry responds i don't know i just graduated from law school but i never really thought i was going to be a lawyer i see it as a jumping off point and Sally goes, you should be a lawyer, the kind that does wills. I think you'd be really good at explaining to people they're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and then it says the camera uh, focuses on Harry's reaction to that. Um, it's it's a great line. Uh, I I don't know if I'm if I'm happy or sad that it's not in the movie in the end, but it it, it it's a it's a it's a great zinger from from Sally. You know, if they're talking about death. And then she says to him, you know, you should you should be a lawyer who deals with 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 probate. And uh, yeah. so, yeah. <laughs> then uh, it continues with them uh, uh, driving and it says the car pulls off the road onto the shoulder. Sally and Harry get out and switch seats. 
Harry drives now and the car pulls away, leaving rubber and dust. Hmm. Um, so that, that just shows uh, that they don't stop at a particular place to do it. It's like, okay, time. <laughs> it's been, you know, it's it. we've hit the three-hour point. Let's stop. And then they, like, you know, do a uh, uh, what's called a Chinese fire drill, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so whatever. I mean, it it's not necessary. And it's fine that they cut it out, but it, it's funny to, to to see that they put that in there. And then uh, the conversation between the two of them about Casablanca starts with Harry saying he doesn't want her to stay. That's why he puts her on the plane, as opposed to it, does, it doesn't have the whole argument of you're wrong, I'm not wrong, mm-hmm. you know. So again, it, they're they're minor differences. And then he says, you'd rather have a passionless marriage as opposed to you'd rather be in a passionless, passionless marriage. Uh, so, you know, just a little, few little minor discrepancies here. Nothing, uh, nothing major. Right on. Yeah, exactly. All right. So every Tuesday we have a segment called Off the Beaten Track Dating and Courting Edition, where my guests will give some sort of uh, story, adventure, misadventure, uh, of of something that has happened to them over the course of their life that is related to dating or courting. So, uh, Nick, you have a story for us? I do, yeah, and it it's like weirdly kind of dark as well, <laughs> which is just fitting for today and yesterday. I hope there are no um, cadavers in the story. No, 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 no. Okay, um, just <laughs> so it's not that dark. Otherwise. We're good. We're good. <laughs> yeah, I um I was dating this girl, and we decided to go and see a movie together. And the movie that I really, really wanted to see, and she had known that I was like a, a big into film and everything, was. But you, time, you like movies? Uh, just a little bit. Oh, okay. Just a little bit. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting to be a fan. Um, okay. She knew how big me too, into. Me too. <laughs> she knew how big into David Fincher I am, and at the time, David Fincher had just released The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, and I'm like, oh my gosh, we should go see this. So we go and we're watching it, and she does that thing where she's sitting uh, to my right. So she puts her arm around my arm and just kind of slowly lays her head so it's on my shoulder while we're watching the movie. I'm like, okay, kind of a weird movie to do that with, but sure. So as she does that, a minute or two later, it comes to this very uh, intense and aggressive and very brutal uh, sexual assault scene, and we'll just leave it at that. And as that scene starts to happen, she slowly lets go of me and like brings her head up off of my shoulder. <laughs> And we kind of look at each other, and it's the slightest little awkward giggle, and then nothing is said. Like we don't look at each other, nothing the rest of the whole movie. And then the credits roll, and I look at her, and she goes, yeah, that was weird, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) And unfortunately, every time I see that movie and that scene pops up, it's the first thing I think of, and I start to giggle a little bit, which is the last thing you should be doing. In the yes. moment when that when that scene is yeah. happening, uh, yes. but uh, you know, shout out Catherine. It always makes me think of her. So, all right. So every every time you see the girl with the dragon tattoo, you think of Catherine. I think of Catherine for for the the, the best possible reason. <laughs> apparently, apparently. Okay, great. You want to once again tell people and hey, Catherine how they can get in touch with you, Nick. Yeah, absolutely. Find me over on Twitter at the Rehack, T H E R E H A K. Every so often I pop up on episodes of Movies, Films, and Flicks, The Exploding Helicopter Podcast, and The Lambcast. 
And uh, obviously, you can see me on here yesterday, today, and maybe tomorrow. <laughs> no, we have to we have to rethink this one here. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. All right, fine. I'll let you come back tomorrow. We'll, okay. we'll, 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 we'll see what we'll see what happens with uh, Thursday and Friday after that. You know. Okay, day by day. I feel only like. only if you you know what well, you can come back tomorrow if you bring me a present. How's that? Sounds good. Is that fair? All right. Okay. Good. All right. So, and finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Move Around Minute. You can find me on my website, movearoundminute.com, or on Twitter, or on Facebook. So, until tomorrow, I'll have what she's having. I'll have what she's having. Gave me a thrill with all your faults. I love you still. It had to be you. Wonderful you. Had to be you.